Hello, this is a disclaimer before this episode. I want to explain that um, Mike had the idea to have us play Overwatch. Uh, He just said any game. I suggested Overwatch since I thought it took the least amount of thought, but he wanted us to play a game while we did our podcast. And needless to say, um, it's probably the least professional we have ever sounded. If you are willing to laugh at it, uh, prep yourself for um, the most amount of us you will ever hear us make in an episode of the show. Um, once again, thank you for listening and uh, enjoy the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Classified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. I'm your host, Josiah. And I'm Hill House. And um, this is going to be a really weird episode because Mike had the really brilliant or really stupid idea to do our entire podcast while we're playing Overwatch. So (laughs) that's what we're going to be doing. So if you hear clicking in the background, um, that's because... We are, we are elite <laughs> playing for real. We are, we are, we are OP. <laughs> Our OPness is so huge. I mean, oof, we're super OP. OPness. Okay. Um, I was going to start off saying that games I played this week, I did play um, Overwatch because the year of the rat. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome started, season this so time. Lunar New Year. Yeah, it's got a lot of cool um, uh, unlocks. Oh, yeah. There's um, a lot of cool skins, a lot of cool uh, emotes and stuff. I mean, I know we talk about Overwatch all the time, and it probably gets really annoying to someone who doesn't like Overwatch, but, you know, it's it's something I can, I'm not going to act like I don't enjoy the game. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's got a lot of cool new stuff. I think it's actually probably better quality um new unlockables than there was in the uh, December event during the Christmas. So I'm really happy with what it is. I haven't played too much of it yet, but um, I I really think it's going to be probably the better events that they've had in recent, like over the last year. And oh, that wow. may be due to the fact that they are working a lot on Overwatch 2, so they're not yeah. releasing new heroes. So they're not as, I guess focused on things like balancing and things like I know that they're doing a bunch of testing in the background about different um, loadouts because of how slow uh, damage is to queue into Um, Jeff Kaplan uh, released a statement saying that over December he had a whole Uh. team working on a (laughs) (laughs) working on a um an idea of not two two two, but three two one, which is three damage, two supports, one tank. Yeah, yeah. And there was a bunch of things that he referred to were just troublesome with it because when you run one tank, there's issues like if you don't run a shield, it's basically you're just throwing the game because you're not running a shield. Um, 
it puts too much pressure on the one tank if there's only one tank. Um, some people said that it's a lot easier for the healers to run around, but it makes it feel a lot more exciting because the health keeps Ooh. coming down really fast. So yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but <laughs> but things like that, it's just something to look forward to in the future. Um, with the issue of two, 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 um, loadouts, I, of course, like a lot of people raise the question, what if they just ran with seven on each side? Where it'd be three attacks, two tanks, two healers. Yeah. And Jeff actually responded to that and said that the game is really fully optimized at 222, where it's 12 players. And he said that it'd be easier to make it five, you know, on each side than to make it uh, seven on each side. So uh, that's not something that's really going to happen. So we don't really have to consider that with that statement. But at the same time, I really don't know what the solution is to it. They were talking about moving some off tanks to damage maybe and making the tank class be completely shield tanks. But that would take so much reworking because uh, tanks are already the smallest class. Um, yeah, it's true. And damage is already the largest. So, I mean. But support really doesn't have a lot either. You know, damage has like right. twice as much as both of them. Right. Because there used to be that thing that was defense that nobody understood what it meant. <laughs> True. Because um, I, I don't know. It's um, it's just going to be something that's probably going to change over the next year. Um, we'll probably have a whole nother version of quick play before Overwatch 2 comes out. So yeah. that's something yeah. to be aware of that don't get too used to 222 because they may end up adjusting it because – the choices are adjusting how many of each uh, class you have or totally reworking every character. And neither is easy. So um, it's really just a matter of what they actually aim to do and how much they are willing to invest in continuously adapting the balance of quick play and comp, you know. So... Um, the only other game I played this last week, it wasn't just this week, the last couple of weeks I've been getting back into Pokemon Go. Um, I'm not too proud of that because, um, <laughs> I played a lot years ago, um, yeah. but up until recently, um, I had a lot of trouble with the game. There was a lot of issues that were never being addressed. And I'm happy to say that when I came back to the game in the last couple of weeks, um, they addressed almost every issue that the game had. And top. It's a lot better than it was three. <laughs> it's a lot better than it was three um, years ago. So I have to say I'm very impressed by where the game is right now. So um, if you get a chance to recheck out Pokemon Go, it's a lot different and it's a lot more enjoyable with the sense that they've even thrown in things like uh, missions and challenges. Mm. Uh, there's just a lot more to do. It's not as bare bones of a game anymore. I'm afraid so. I would be completely lost. I've never played a Pokemon game ever. Pokemon Go is pretty easy to pick up because it's a lot simpler than every other Pokemon game because it is essentially a glorified collectathon. So, um, I would highly recommend it if you were even interested in the uh, franchise. 
But if you aren't, <laughs> you know, it's just a lot of time consuming gameplay that, you know, you can just avoid. It's not a big deal. But did you play anything this week? Uh, no, just a little bit of Overwatch. Um, did some of my uh, placements. Uh, I'm very close to getting platinum for the first time as tank. So I'm excited about that. Uh, but other than that, no. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> so we were talking before the show about how this concept of us playing while also recording yeah <laughs> makes more sense for like maybe a patreon episode when we get our patreon up and going oh absolutely um but i i'm already noticing the most ridiculous thing about this is how much we were saying uh Oh yeah. <laughs> We're saying uh like a ridiculous amount of times and we already said uh a lot. So yeah. This is gonna be one of those nightmares where uh, when I'm editing it, I'm just gonna have to leave in those uhs and let uh, people laugh at the Woo. fact that we just keep saying uh but, double kill baby. Yeah, uh yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, um if you don't have he anything says. else to say before um uh, wrap up intro we can just head on to news yeah man oh i do want to i do want to say that we had a really good episode last week um really enjoyed making that episode and i feel like it's one of our most polished episodes we've had um so in honor of that we're going to make the least polished most off the cuff episode ever <laughs> to follow it with but you know you can't have it all um but without further ado, let's get on to the news, unless you have objections. Without further ado, do. Oh, yeah, it's time for the news, bitch. So what's the first piece of news we got today, buddy? Okay. So the first thing in news is I don't know how in the world I did all of that monologuing. Um, probably 90% you, of it. You did awesome. And dude. I, I'm just going to say, yeah, and I have, I have gold elimination. So what I, is everybody else doing? I have gold healing dude at almost seven K. I can't believe I'm doing better healing than I usually do. Um, anyway, first thing in news is the PS five oh. leaks. Um, you were talking about, a different version. I made note of this because I saw that there were PS five, like design leaks that came out mm -hmm. and you found a different one. So I don't, I think both are fake. They don't seem real. Yeah. Um, one of them looks like an X and the other one looks kind of like an Xbox 360. And, um, both versions are really funny. So I, they have to be jokes. Um, the fact that they both somewhat resemble something to do with Xbox makes me just feel like they're a joke. Um, Sony may have even released these intentionally, leaked them just as a joke. <laughs> um, but th they look really ridiculous. One of them looks clearly fake because it looks primarily just like a PS4. Get that bitch. Which is pretty lazy. Like, there's no way that they're just doing a PS4. Dude, they can't not be doing it like that. When I saw that first one that looked like an old PS4, like the straight up console, I'm like, no, dude, there's no way. With Xbox doing what they're doing on their design, there's just no possible way. And the one that looked like an X, come on. I mean, how stupid do people think we are? You know, I mean, we do buy a lot of crap. I mean, we do. It comes on the internet. We're like, oh, it's real. It's real. And then, you know, 
but it's not. Please, God, let it not be real. I mean, but though here at our show, I think we're pretty skeptical of most rumors. I think we play a pretty good. Um, Damn it. I guess we just play it safe. Yeah, we play it safe because we understand that a lot of things are. Yeah, most likely fake. But um, 2019 kind of proved that a lot of rumors were real. And yeah, that's kind of weird because I hope it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it was a lot of rumors in 2019 were real, like overall everywhere. We're talking E3 rumors, uh, Blizzard, uh, BlizzCon rumors. Almost every rumor we got this year that actually made the rounds, like became national news, was almost real. And um, that's scary because it means that you can now kind of push in any rumor. Uh-huh. And people are going to think it might actually be real if it's coming from a certain person. And um, that that's just kind of crazy because then we're going to have the whole don't believe any rumors thing yeah. again. And then it's going to cycle back to all the rumors are real again. So I guess it's going to be an up and down scenario. <laughs> it's going to go back and forth between two different states of rumors. But um I I have to say these PlayStation Five design leaks they have to be fake. If they're not, PlayStation needs to reevaluate the way these things look. I mean, yeah, we had the PS4 look like a stack of plates, <laughs> square <laughs> plates. Yeah, and then the PS3 looked like a, a lot of people called it the George Foreman grill, and uh, the PS2 looked like a. I don't know what the PS2 looked like. It kind of looked like a modem. It did. And <laughs> it really did, yeah. And, I mean, I guess in retrospect, all of their designs are pretty bad. Um, maybe the PS4 and the PlayStation 1 have been their best designs. But um, this this just doesn't look like it separates itself enough from the PlayStation 4. And I think that that's going to be a big mistake by Sony if they go into this next gen with the attitude that they don't have to change that much since they were already on top, you know? Yeah. Um, if they go in with an attitude of we're just making the PS4 version 2, um, I think that's a little bit of a misstep because then it just means they're not trying hard enough. And I'm not saying that they need to. I'm just saying that the healthy competition that we enjoy seeing between um, Sony and Microsoft is yeah. something that makes those two companies better. Well, the thing and is too, plays, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say that the thing is too, you look at, you look at what Xbox is doing with their possibility of their Xbox series X tower, you know, it, the X tangle, whatever you want to call it. It, you know, it, it looks bigger and bulkier than, you know, what we've seen in the past. And let's face facts. People aren't concerned with having something sleeker and smaller anymore. What they're concerned with is having power and having storage, you know, and people are like, okay, we've got, we've got through the mini phase of, of having everything that was smaller. Now, you know, we don't give a shit anymore. Let's go ahead and let's get on it and, you know, start making some powerful equipment. So I think people are adjusting (laughs) to that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe um, I'm wrong, you know, but I, I just it kind of feels that way to me that people don't care about compact anymore. Yeah, I think people like to get what they pay for now in the sense that um, maybe it's the rise of digital classic consoles and stuff where 
people are realizing that as the future goes on, we'll get smaller versions of everything we already own. So why not make your current generation thing, you know, as large and capable as you can. And then anything that plays classic games or something like that, you know, it's going to get smaller. So it's not a big deal. Uh, Whether you're talking about classic console uh, re-releases or you're talking about emulators, uh, either way, um, retro gaming is getting smaller in size. (laughs) Yeah. In popularity. And, the newer stuff, it's trying to be competitive with PC, so I don't think anyone cares about the size anymore. And that used to not be a thing. I think people just assumed that PC was stronger, but PC games used to be different. It used to be like, if this is a real-time combat game, um, of course it's going to be only on PC. And now, since like the 360, that doesn't mean that anymore. Now it just means that consoles may play it slower with less graphics, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, So now with PC games and console games not really being that definitively different, consoles are just seen as a lazy man's PC to PC owners, and PCs are seen as a non-stylish version of a console. (laughs) And um, I I don't know. I can see that. It's just... Yeah, I, I just think because the games are becoming the same, it's just differentiating what consoles and PCs are, you know, is getting different in the public's eye, depending on who you talk to, you know. So I don't even know how we got to this subject, but I guess we were talking about the PlayStation 5. <laughs> um, they need to make sure that they keep pushing what they can do and they need to not be so comfortable is all I'm saying. So uh, that's all I have to say about that. Oh, also Sony this last week, very early in the week, this is kind of old news, um, announced that they were not going to be at E3 again, which is really not that surprising. No, it's not surprising at all. Right, but the only thing that's kind of surprising about it is a lot of people were saying that they were not going to be on at last year's E3 because they were probably going... <laughs> they're probably going to really push hard to have a big E3 this year because of the PlayStation 5 coming out. So a lot of people were excusing their absence for maybe a big show this year currently. Ooh. And um, with that not actually happening, yeah. Um, now it just means that they realize that they have the branding and a lot of people are uh, crediting social media for this where if Sony can get the most likes on a picture on Instagram of any gaming (laughs) uh, uh, profile out there by just saying the word PlayStation 5, um, then that means that social media and news outlets like that are still super effective at getting your information out there. Mm. And... um, then people like us then talking about it, just make sure that the information is still there. And True. then at the end of the day, E3 just is kind of a, I don't know. I think when we think about things like uh, PlayStation has state of play and Nintendo has Nintendo directs mm-hmm. and they happen multiple times a year. I think we're getting to the point at which E3 just doesn't really serve more than a reason to have, really cheap sales <laughs> in the summer. It's just becoming more of just a convention. And 
I don't know. Maybe E3 needs to be rebranded to stay relevant. But I th- we talked a little bit about this last year when we first heard that they were not going to be at E3 last year. And um, we were talking about the future of E3 and like whether we still even needed it. And the thing is, obviously, we don't need it. But at the same time, I know there's a lot of people that, for sentimental reasons, want to hang on to E3's existence. You know, So if that is the main push to keep E3 around, then they're going to rebrand what the actual event is to make sure that those people can still get the same sentiment out of it, you know? So, yeah, uh, that's really all I have to say about that. Um, it's, it's, it's just, it's not surprising. The only thing that's slightly surprising is that they are going to be heavily advertising for the PlayStation five, probably by summer to autumn, uh, 2020. So not being at E3 is slightly surprising, but at the same time, they're just that much more confident that they don't need that extra marketing. So um, we'll see how they actually handle all that. Woo! But um, got smoked. Sorry. <laughs> no, but I agree, man. It's it there. I, I wonder if they're making a little bit of a mistake, even though they right, kind of have their own thing going. But a lot of people are asking that. Are they making a mistake by not going? Are they making a mistake by not showing up at E3? even though they kind of have their own thing going on, you know, their own event that they do. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, man, it it just, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. There is one correction that I can add is that it isn't that they're not going to be at E3. It's that they're not going to have a stage. They're not putting a lot into it. Well, yeah, that's right. Present at E3, but slightly. They're just not wasting like bunches of cash on it. So yeah, I, I, their bigger event will be like basically across the street during yeah. E3. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. A lot of people were wondering if there's a beef between uh, Sony and the ESA. And they tweeted out that there was no hard feelings between them, that they just don't see that their company needs to move in that direction this year. And uh, it's funny to say that when they didn't think their company needed to move into that direction last year either. So um, that's kind of a nice way of saying we don't see a point in this event anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, it's a ballsy move. Um, only Sony can do that because they're so ridiculously uh, successful mm-hmm. currently. But um, you can guarantee that they, if they were not leading this console generation that they would be at it. (laughs) There's no way that they would be that confident to not show up. Yeah. I don't know. It's not that they're ungrateful. It's just that (laughs) I just, the thing is I see it completely fine how they're doing it because I see it as they are very successful and what they're doing is what's best for their business. And they really don't need to be at E3. People won't even care. And um, yeah, but in a way, some at the same do. time, that's the thing. Yeah, but the only, know? I think the only people that care are, I don't know who bought tickets to E3 expecting them to be there after they were not there last year. That's <laughs> true. I mean, um, I, I probably, I think have. people are more concerned that Sony's power could somehow weaken interest in E3 overall, which is true. I'm sure that interest in E3 has weakened with such a big player just not being there last year, you know, I'm having trouble with segues while I'm playing. I do oh, have you're to good. say that. 
I'm fine talking, but segueing to different subjects is like ridiculously hard. What was I going to say there? Okay. So there's more rumors. I was talking about the rumors about the PlayStation five's design, but um, there's another rumor that Nintendo is working on a new paper Mario game, which is really big news because uh, paper Mario fans um, really are looking for a game that's as good as thousand year door to be honest, Paper Mario games are always good, but they have not been like classics since the GameCube. And um, if Nintendo could release a new Paper Mario for the Switch that rivaled how good the Paper Marios were on N64 and GameCube, then, you know, we're in for a treat. Forster off the edge. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. Sorry lost my trail of thought because i had to boop that uh rissa off but anyway um that's all we really have on paper mario it is literally just rumors um we really have no confirmation that it's actually a real thing it's just really cool if it was um we'll keep you updated on that because if it is real we'll probably hear about it in just a couple of weeks that's how you know rumors work i wanted to add that the epic games launcher has a new game available it's called uh, Horus. It is a 2D platformer. Um, and by platformer, I mean a real platformer. A lot of times I say that there's new retro 2D platformers, but a lot of them are just slightly platformers. They're really just side scrollers. Uh, this game is completely a platformer, tons of jumping, uh, tons of timing. <laughs> um, it got really good reviews when it came out. So if you get a chance, go download that. Uh, it's for free on the Epic Games launcher. I'm not even looking at the microphone. This is going to sound terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot better than what you think it is. Oh, my gosh. I, I really think it's going to have tons of dead space. So I'll figure that out. Have you heard of all of the controversy about Blast? Nice job, dude. All the controversy <laughs> about what? About is it Blythe or Byleth? Byleth. Byleth. Yeah. So anyway, Byleth uh, was released. Well, well, not released, but announced as the last new fighter in the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Fighter Pass. Um, they're going to do another fighter pass for next year, but mm -hmm. of the la previous year, it's the last one. And a lot of people think it's really underwhelming and... I do have to agree that it is weird that they ended the fighter pass with Byleth and Terry because both of them, Terry was not hated as much as Byleth, but Terry was kind of mixed reactions. People like understood why he was in the game. They understood that uh, like he he's important to, to be in the game and that it serves a purpose yeah. and people understand the significance of it. But then Byleth, um, a lot of people are just like torn apart about it because I guess everyone wanted Dante <laughs> from Devil May Cry. And um, I, I don't understand this because I understand that people can get their hopes up for things. But at the same time, um, all of these fighters were already planned out and they already knew which ones they were releasing in the fighter pass and they already knew which ones they had the rights to use. And they were just basically putting the finishing touches on it and then releasing them periodically. 
Yeah. So they didn't like just make the decision to do this. This has been probably over a year that they knew that Byleth was going to be it. Uh-huh. And I understand that people are upset and they're trying to take their anger out on Twitter and stuff. But at the same time, like this decision was made so long ago that any type of rant you go on is not going to change anyone's mind about what they're going to do in the future. Yeah. Like maybe way in the future, but in like next fighter pass, they've probably already decided what those are. Uh, the next fighter pass is going to be either six or seven new fighters for uh, 2020. And I think it's six. And you know that they already know what all those are. <laughs> the idea that they haven't released who they are is just to build up tension of like, you know, who, who is it going to be and stuff. And that's part of the excitement of it. And I guess people are just upset because maybe it's because it's the last one in the fighter pass and people know that if they don't like the last uh, fighter that then they have to go buy another fighter pass. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just weird that they didn't save something like Banjo for the last one. Um, Banjo-Kazooie had like the best reaction probably of all the new fighters. And it's just weird that he was right in the middle of it. And instead they ended with probably the two most lackluster fighters that they could. And um, that's just seems like bad timing. But at the same time, maybe they just release them as they finish the... I keep wanting to say heroes because we're playing Overwatch. As they (laughs) finish the fighters, you know. Um, Maybe they knew which ones they were releasing, but maybe the order wasn't in stone, you know. But, I mean, what are you going to (laughs) do? At the same time, it's... You're buying it all in one pass, and I don't understand people being upset because it doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. It seems like they're going to keep updating super smash brothers ultimate until there's another smash brothers there. It is such a successful game and people yeah. are loving the fighter pass that I don't see them stopping it. So, I mean, I get that people paid $25 for it and they want really good fighters, but at the same time, you know, they're just going to keep doing it. You knew what you were paying for. You paid for it before time and you hope that there are going to be really cool fighters. But at the same time, there's no way that any Smash Brothers fan was not going to buy it. You know? Exactly. It's one of those things you're where, a fan, of course, if you're a fan of the all. game, you're going to buy it. I mean, that's just all there is to it. That's like Fallout 76. You know, even after people said it was trash, there's still being fans buying it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. Fallout 76 is a bad example because people, it's are, trash. people have actually been pushed to their edge. It's trash. And they're actually like quitting. Okay, that's all we're going to say about Fallout 76 for this episode. Calling it there. Until I have um, more to say. Do you have more to say? Please no, don't. No, not really. In your notes. It's trash. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> let me t- let you take over and see the torture of trying to talk about subjects <laughs> in well, depth I, while carrying your team. One of the stories I wanted to talk about, I thought it was really interesting, <laughs> actually, um, as I die. Uh, but Ubisoft, I, it kind of caught my eye. Um, one of the titles and one of the stories that I was reading on the news, uh, and it was from, um, it was from, uh, I believe Verge, but, uh, Ubisoft, uh, the title was Ubisoft finally realizes how bad most of in parentheses their games are. And I, you know, I'm looking at a, a, a list of their games 
and there was a lot of games that I've played that I really didn't think were bad. I mean, I've I've always liked the Rainbow Six series. I, I kind of dug for honor. It was just a little I thought there was too big of a learning curve on that game. And um Right, but I think the complaint that people have with Ubisoft games is that they feel a little too they're not the, as bad as EA. They're all the same now. That's the problem. Right. I think people have the problem with the fact that they feel like they're recycling stuff a lot, you know. Yeah, I think that's the problem. Um, a lot of people are saying that the games are, they feel the same now. There's no uniqueness. And part of the problem is, when I did a little bit of research on this, part of the problem is that they've they've been run by a group of people in, in Paris that is uh, made up of 100, um, 100 people that... Uh, that have been um, running the show for them. Basically, they've been doing all the all the uh, the ideas for the games. They've been doing all the titles for the games, all the uh, scripts for the games. Everything has been done by these hundred people in Paris. So there's been no diversity, no uniqueness, nothing to their games. So what they've decided to do is a little bit of an editorial shakedown as far as the. Uh, the people who are in charge are concerned <laughs> and they're going to mix it up a little bit, kind of spread it out between different countries, different people's different ideas, and hopefully come up with some unique and creative games for, for their company. And I, I honestly think it's a really good move. Um, uh, you have seen it a lot more and more of these companies that are starting to realize that, Hey, you know, this is where my bread and butter is. I need to start listening to the people who, who play these games and what people are saying on Twitter and, you know, uh, these different, uh, uh, platforms about their company. So it's, it's refreshing to see that people are actually taking it into account and doing something about it. These companies anyway. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, did I'm you looking get forward that to headline? it. What's that? Did you get that headline? Did you read that headline or did you just make that up? No, I, I read the it. The Ubisoft finally admits they are bad. Re Ubisoft finally realizes how bad most of their games are. I wrote down just kind of a short version of it in my notes. Uh <laughs> Because I thought it was I thought ridiculous. That was a pretty funny clickbait ad. Because <laughs> I personally thought it was kind of finally admits they're bad. <laughs> yeah, they're they just said you know that they're it's time for a shakeup, and I applaud them for it. I think it's a good idea. And uh, I wonder if they learned something from EA because I I mean we compare them to EA a lot, but with the EA Jedi Fallen Order, um, yeah having that totally different reaction than the two battlefronts had initially. And the fact that, um, EA has made battlefront a better game now, battlefront two and things like that, where it looks like EA is finally going in the right direction. And yeah. And I think a lot of these companies are learning from, from this. Yeah. It's like four gold medals. Uh, it's like <laughs> EA is finally making decisions from a artistic point of view yes. on making just good games rather than making a game that you can then profit off of with microtransactions. And Agreed. Ubisoft is, I think, currently the king of that because you can still say EA is really bad because of things like um, FIFA and stuff. But uh, I think Ubisoft is probably the kings of it right now because, boy, every game they release has season passes and DLC and... They have so much extra content that you have to pay for, you know? Yeah. So maybe Ubisoft will, I don't know. It's weird to say maybe they'll learn a lesson from EA, but <laughs> I think, well, <laughs> see, I think a lot of these companies, these uh, studios have learned a lot from, 
from this past year. Because look at the the amount of times you know the public had an outcry about it, and these companies turned around and said, "Okay, guess what? We heard you. We screwed up, and we're going to fix it." Uh, and I think honestly, it all started not just with gaming. But in the genre, you know, uh, gamers, we love our cartoons. We love all that stuff. I think it all started with the whole Sonic thing. I honestly do. And when people saw that you could change something with just a huge instant, you know, slamming or avalanche of tweets or something or Instagram or or whatever, you know, it it seemed to work. And I think that a lot of people have caught on to that finally. And that's how we're, we're talking to these guys. That's how they're, they're starting to figure it out. And I think more people are giving their opinion, which is a good thing in the end for these companies. And for us as gamers, you know, I think it's all in all, I think it's a, it's a great, it's a great thing. Yeah. There's a lot. Uh, 2019 was full of a bunch of everyone's voice matters type. Yeah. Um, feeling towards, um, people's reactions towards different forms of media. I think if if the Sonic issue didn't start it, the Sonic issue is probably the most public yes. because it transcended both gaming and it was a mixture of gaming and Hollywood. So Well, lovers that, of the game came out and said, "No, you're ruining Sonic for us," you know? They're like, "You're ruining yeah. it." And they, you know, people who love these video games want to see a a good adaptation. It made into a movie. We don't want to see this crap, you know, that that comes out this act, you know, that's like I said, it's crap. So I think it was it I think it, it may <laughs> it not have started just, with that, but it it right, but it wasn't just that. gamers. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't just gamers. Even like people who didn't know the game were still horrified by the designs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The design was pretty creepy. But now I think it looks wonderful, man. I think they've done a good job. So yeah. Yeah. But uh on a positive note for Ubisoft or as they say in France, Ubisoft. Um, I, uh, ah, oh, damn it. I missed him. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I tried to do a, I tried to do one of those awesome polls. Uh, yeah, but, uh, DDoS <laughs> attacks were happening to Ubisoft servers with their rainbow six siege players. Um, they were unable to get on and, uh, you know, you know what happens? It's denial of service on these DDoS oh, attacks. It. And, uh, Cool, we're both dead. We can podcast again. Yeah, and uh, basically, so Ubisoft <laughs> went after them, man, and they filed a lawsuit last week in California uh, going after a specific company um, that facilitated the uh, DDoS attacks and a bunch of individuals with their aliases, meaning they're probably their gamer tags or their, you know, uh, hacker tags or whatever. Um. So they've named all of these people in uh, in this lawsuit, and the lawsuit's pretty big. They're they're talking damages. They're talking you know uh, every penny that they can get out of it. They're going after them <laughs> with everything. So I'm sorry, I got a Reinhardt beating my ass right now. Uh, so the okay. lawsuit is seeking damages, <laughs> legal fee costs, as well as uh, the closures of the websites, and um, yeah, they're naming as uh, defendants. Uh, or um, people that are going after them also. Basically, all the people that are in their Rainbow Six servers, um, they're just telling them that, you know, that this is it, we're coming after you. So, yeah. you know, another good move for Ubisoft or Ubisoft or whatever you want to call them. They're they're trying their damnedest to do the right thing. Uh, they're trying to figure out a way to come up with a better way to um, make better games 
or something unique. And then they're also at the same time going after these people that are hacking their websites, thinking that they're a uh, easy game, free target, whatever. Yeah. Ub- Ubisoft or Ubisoft, whatever you call it. I've always said Ubisoft. Ubisoft is an interesting uh, company to talk yeah. about. We might do an episode just on their history because I think what happened to Ubisoft was Assassin's Creed was so ridiculously big. Yeah. And they milked that franchise so dry that I think their company grew faster than they even knew what to do with it, you know? And it's not just, there's no one to blame for how recycled some of their games feel. It's more of because of how big Assassin's Creed was, there was a lot of money coming into the company, which attracted a lot of really good talent and uh, probably young new programmers and designers. You got a lot of new games in short short period of time, but at some point you start running too thin, you know? And um, I think in the last 10 years, Ubisoft has a ridiculously large catalog. I mean, when you look back at it, um, it's just enormous. And it'd be really interesting for us to like delve into that in another episode, you know? Yeah. I'm looking so at the lawsuit right sometime. now. It's uh it's pretty it's pretty big. They are asking for a jury trial and they have named several people um individually and it looks like Blazer Op Services uh run by Lightning Man 420 or something. <laughs> so, oh my god. So yeah, it's Isn't a bunch it weird of- to see that stuff in like a lawsuit. You it see is, like gamer tags and It is kind of weird yeah. names. it's kind of (laughs) weird but i mean you know i i you would like to call ass we like to call ass liquor 74 up to (laughs) (laughs) oh man oh my god but what are we saying (laughs) oh no basically you know so here they are you know they're just trying to do the right thing they're trying to stop they're like all these other companies you know how i am against cheaters and hackers and stuff. I, you know, back in the eighties, it used to be cool. People talked about hackers. They made movies about hackers, you know, hackers ended up being heroes, all this other crap. It's not so much anymore. (laughs) Nowadays, it's like just malicious crap that these people do. And they, you know, they get off on the way that it, it hurts companies and hurts individual people, you know, that are just trying to have a good time and trying to make a buck. And, you know, it's a, it's a shame that it's come to that. We used to have hackers like Matthew Broderick. Yeah, Matthew games. Broderick, man, who would you know start World War Three and then end it, you know, save the and day now, and shit. Uh, and now we have hackers like the guy from South Park. Oh my god, <laughs> I just ran down the thing. So I jumped off a cliff. You do that just now. Um, but the next thing I wanted to talk about, there's a game out that kind of caught my eye, um, and it's called Tourist. Um, this is a game that you, apparently yeah. you can you can uh, start and finish in a weekend. It's just like a little bite-sized game, but it looks like Minecraft, and it's an open-world game where you are basically um, a tourist. Um, but it's just a short time frame kind of game. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a platformer I adventure game, and you. Uh, oh, it's you, platformer cool. Yeah, and you. <laughs> You're visiting uh, an island that's kind of <laughs> like, you know, a little Tahitian kind of island thing. And uh, oh, this looks cool. Yeah. yeah. And you you um, 
you go to alien ruins and you go to different things, you investigate, you go on little quests and stuff. So yeah, it's just, I thought I'd mention it cause it looks like a fun little, you know, get, let's get out of the norm kind of stuff game. You know, what's funny is it actually kind of looks a lot like crossy roads oh. animation or whatever it's called. Is that what it's called? Crossy road off the edge. Looks like what? It looks kind of like crossy roads animation. It, to me, it looks like a, a higher tech version of Minecraft. Yeah, which is pretty similar to Crossy Road, which is a handheld. Oh, okay. Okay, well, then I don't know what you're talking about. game. (laughs) Anyway. But you can also take take part in open world tasks and do things. I believe there's multiplayer, too. So, Yeah, it looks like Minecraft meets GTA, kind of, actually. In a way, it does. (laughs) Yeah, Vice City. Yeah, it looks like Vice City. Um, No, that's cool. Looks like, cool Looks like you're going to see Crockett and Tubbs come out and stop the drug boat. You know, Miami Vice reference. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm old. So anyway, yeah, check out The Tourist. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun, guys. Um, I'm definitely going to play it, so I will be talking about it next week. I promise. Sweet. One good thing, if you own a Chromebook, um, this is kind of neat. Uh, Google and Valve are bringing... I just got killed because I wasn't paying attention. But Google and Valve are bringing Steam to Chromebooks. So now when you get a Chromebook, Steam should already be set up on it. And uh, it's all... Uh, apparently it's... <laughs> because thanks- Chromebooks have so much like storage already, right? <laughs> yeah, but I think they're going to make them better. I think this is this is going to be all about... Um, either that or it's going to be about you know streaming games, perhaps, with the way that that's going. Um, Interesting. But- but yeah, apparently it's uh, Linux is involved. Right, because Linux is what Google Chrome Chromebooks are built on. Yeah. Um, but they said that they've made the ability to uh, add Steam. So, <laughs> boy, I'm just getting whacked here. Uh, <laughs> so now people it's are saying. It's not so easy, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, choosing to suffer while playing and to make the conversation keep going is what I'm doing. But I'm still getting tons of golds, not to flex or anything. Yeah, they said that even though, um, you know, it, this moves up the possibility of being able to. Uh, well, they said that even though this opens up the possibility of being able to uh, game on a Chromebook, it it doesn't mean that they're going to get away from their basic uh, their basic plans as far as uh, uh, their basic uh, models that they make right now, which is, you know, it's all based on affordability. And so having something that's going to be, you know, enabled to run these games, that's why I think they're going to be going in the streaming route uh, with a Chromebook. Because I don't think they need as much power while they're streaming a game. It's more about video card compatibility, I would think, than actual uh, uh, computing power on a streaming. Isn't that correct? Yeah, it's a lot easier. Um, the real thing is, it seems like Google would be the route of streaming, especially with Stadia, because they'd probably be marketing these Chromebooks to run Stadia really well. So it's interesting that they're working with Steam at all. You know, sorry, I forgot about the objective. That's right. <laughs> so did I, because we were talking about streaming and Google and Chromebooks and whatnot. It's fine. It's just a game. Yeah, so just remember, no one is watching us play this game. That's true. But that's true. Hundreds of people are listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, and they're and they're actually talking about that too. Um, as for because I was mentioning the in-home streaming services, you know, um, 
And that's what they're apparently that's what they are betting on. You just need a good network connection. I mean, that's going to be the biggest part of it. So it's a possibility of having a portable system that you could take with you in game using the the uh, like the cloud streaming service that'll come out eventually and whatnot. But uh, right. So, yeah, so that's that's probably where they're leaning more with it. I, I see that go in that direction anyway. Um, most of these games are going to be streaming here in the next year or two. So it's definitely uh, definitely the way of the future streaming games. So, yeah, it's coming to Chromebook. Whoop-dee-ding-dong. Uh, try not to die. Give me one second. Okay, now I'm dead. So <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's. I think that's, it's interesting that they're working with Steam when they're pushing Stadia still pretty hard. I, I know. And that's one of the things that kind of came to question is because I have a story about Stadia also. And when I was looking this up, I'm sitting here thinking, well, wait a minute, Google Stadia, but Chromebook and Steam and isn't Steam, uh, is Steam the one that's associated with Amazon? Uh, no, it's Steam. Steam is just Valve. Um, as far as I know, Amazon and Steam have not teamed up yet. If they do, then that would be really interesting. <laughs> um, especially with Amazon has their own division of gaming Ooh. called Amazon Games. That's true. But Amazon doesn't have uh, hardware yet and doesn't have... What am I getting that mixed up I don't believe they have... Them. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and do your story on Stadia, though. I'm interested on that. Well, uh, Stadia is talking... Teasing. They wanted to... Um, they said their goal this year is to add 120 games in uh, 2020 to the uh, Stadia library. Um, right. T- 10 of those are going to be exclusives to uh, Stadia, which is interesting. So obviously they've got some big plans and obviously they, for them to make an announcement like that, they probably have these games, you know, uh, in the works already. Right, but as far as I know, is they just got these studios. So I'm not really sure if we're going to see these games anytime soon. Well, yeah, they said it's this year. Let's see. And they talk about uh, part of this happening in the first three months of the year. Um, they're not saying exactly how many games that they're um, that they're uh, putting out in the, in the beginning of the year to be, you know, like like we we're just talking about. However, um, they're they're working with more partners in order to bring more games than just 120 into uh into their library. 120 games though in a year, that's a lot of fucking games. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really don't know the numbers on things like Game Pass, like how many games that Game Pass gets over a course of a year, because I know they move games in and out. But 100 is a lot to change. Because like Game Pass starts with a hundred and then they cycle out probably 10 every month or something. Uh-huh. So they may have a hundred different games added in a year, but they also, you have to remember they have that hundred that they've just started with. Well, know? some of these games are coming. Uh, they're supposed to be coming in February. Um, and I know that at the end of the month, they're going to drop an announcement about what games they're bringing in. So that should be exciting. Also, um, at least, at least we'll have a heads up as to what they're going to be. They're going to be offering. Cause I'm actually interested in the stadia. Um, in, in getting a streaming I'm, service. I'm interested when they release a new, they need to release a new Chromecast. <laughs> yeah. Because as long as they're promoting Stadia as a replacement to a console and their Chromecast Ultras are still overheating, um, 
I don't know. They need something that's more built for Stadia. Yeah. Even though they claim that you didn't need a console. This is so. really sucking, guys. And I apologize because I am lagging. I'm trying to play a game and I'm trying to talk at the same time. So lesson learned. Lesson fucking learned, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Holy That's why shit. I think this works. I think this works for Q and A a lot better than us discussing stories. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you mean Q and A each other or with a guest? The Q and A with uh, audience. Oh, like I got gotcha. you. Patreon episode. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. So towards the Google oh, said dead. towards the end of the month, like I said, they're going to share more about their games, uh, but they are adding a bunch to the Stadia Pro in February, and. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see what's up, man. <laughs> I so can hear when you're getting distracted. <laughs> what's that? I can hear when you get distracted. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that's the first game we lost. We were three and zero, actually. Believe yeah, it or not, we were. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let me wrap up my news. Um, wrap up your news. It's all Gotta about safe news, dude. Um, we were talking about <laughs> how <laughs> we were talking about how a lot of different companies, even not in gaming, are opening up to the idea of making sure that the quality is up on products rather than just, you know, uh, making sure it gets released on time. And um, we were talking about the Sonic movie and all that stuff, which made yeah. me almost want to go to the story already where. Um, 2019 was not just the year of people giving their reactions to how they feel about things. <laughs> um, but it was also the year of people realizing that it's better to wait on a game. Uh, yes. Then have something that's unfinished. And yes. that is pushing even more into 2020 because in this last week we had three major titles get delayed. And some of them, again, uh, some of them were delayed after already being delayed. Yeah. Um, the big one is Cyberpunk. Yes. Um, was delayed from April to September. Mm -hmm. That's a really big delay. Um, that, that makes it even crazier because um, we've heard about this game for over a year and a half now. This game was first teased back in 2018, I believe. Um, so it's it's getting up there with really long production times. Um, uh, but the thing is, we're talking about a game that is probably going to be game of the year. And I don't think anyone wants this game to not be that. So at the same time, I think if it was a couple of months, people would be more understanding. But April to September is a long time. And yeah. I think I can understand why people are frustrated with that, because I, I told you um about 10 episodes ago that you could pre-order cyberpunk already. And I said that was really stupid because what if it never comes out? Well, those people that already spent $60 on this game by pre-ordering it, they now have to wait that many more months. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not saying that it's not going to come out, but it's one of those things where like there's people that when this game comes out, they purchased it a year before it came out because I think those pre-orders on the Xbox store are already up in like August. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. That, that's going to be crazy. You're going to be like, man, I bought this game a year ago, <laughs> finally getting to play it. But at that point it's almost crowdfunding, you know? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, the next one that was delayed was Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Was delayed from March 3rd to April 10th. That's about a month and a week. So not that big of a delay, but what's crazy about this one is we were within a month and a half of this thing's release. Like that's really last minute. Yeah. Um, when we talk about um, delays, it's usually not within two months because I can guarantee you um, there was already physical promotional material probably made for this game. Stuff that was supposed to be put up on the sides of retails stores and game things, you know, it's just, they probably already had a bunch of stuff printed with the other date. There's probably things already scheduled to be put out on that other date. And what's crazy is I, I don't know how long they were aware of this because I know, does that mean that this game is not going to have a physical copy? Is it only going to be digital download? I don't believe that's true, but it is really hard for me to believe that it is normal practice for a video game to make its physical copies within a month of release because that's crazy, you know? So the original release was on March 3rd scheduled and we were already a week and a half into January and they say that they're delaying it. That's crazy close to production time. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I agree. I know that it takes a while to get all that stuff made and make sure that there's no problems with anything with the artwork and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't understand like how long ago this decision was made to delay it, whether they just hadn't told the public yet, because that seems crazy yeah. that you can delay a game within a month and a half of release. Because I'm hearing a lot of people say things like, oh my gosh, we were so close to having Final Fantasy VII. We almost made it, and then they delayed it, you know. But, but at, at the, the same, same time, time... Yeah. Yeah, at the same time, like, give a benefit of a doubt to the fact that what if you were the person that was in charge of packaging it? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, those people are probably, like, shitting their pants right now, being like, oh my god, like, like just choose a date that's further off if there's still bugs, you know? But um, that's crazy because that one we were really close to. Um, the third game that was delayed is kind of obvious that it was going to be delayed, uh, in my opinion, because I hadn't heard much about it or heard much about it like moving anywhere. It's the Avengers game. The yeah, Avengers yeah. game that was being made by Square was originally planned for May 15th, was moved back to September 4th. So from May to September, another long one. But at the same time, I hadn't heard anything new about this game. So I'm guessing that it was kind of on the back burner or they're reworking a bunch. Uh, There's a lot of people saying that maybe the game is being totally reworked on like mechanics or animations uh, because that's a really long delay. And I honestly don't really know anything else about that. Man, I got killed bad. Um, sorry. Um, but this one was not as surprising because compared to how much square has revealed about final fantasy seven, uh, the Avengers game coming out only a month after final fantasy seven originally. Um, I mean, we look like know nothing about it. So 
<laughs> the fact that it got delayed seems just normal. I'm actually surprised we didn't hear about it being delayed earlier. Yeah. So these are three yeah. huge games. We're talking about two big Square titles, and it's it's cool to know that Square is not opposed to delaying games because then yeah. that just keeps them in everyone's mind as ha- making quality games, you know. And I think Square I think already everybody's does that. learned that lesson this year, though. And and it's a it's a big thing now is just you know look at the game and do it used to be push it out so we could make money now it's push it out so we can make a quality game but push it out right you know don't put out shit just because you want to make a buck so they're they're learning that lesson because if they want our money they better do it right you know right i think with the rise of independent media like you know our program and youtube and stuff like that yeah i think a lot of uh uh, company owners are realizing that pushing out a game before it's ready, like Fallout 76, uh-huh. is not just bad for that individual game, but it's bad for your entire reputation. And yeah. I don't think people cared about reputation up until recently because I think we were just used to games being overhyped and then being released and you're just like, ah, it's not as good as I thought it would be. And then the next game they make, you're like, maybe it'll be better. And then it is better. And you're like, oh, cool. They had a hit, you know. But now there's this whole new opinion out there that, you know, the creator doesn't care about the consumer, you know. So stop supporting creators that just want to shit on you, you know. And that whole new opinion from independent uh, news and review sites, you know, that opinion being just constantly driven into other people and people actually taking that for what it's worth is changing the outlook of future titles. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think that's just, (laughs) this is crazy. It is. (laughs) Because I'm not even talking like, like normal i'm just randomly <laughs> putting words together and hoping that it makes sense i feel you're like making, i'm going to like you're you're making sense dude i'm understanding what you're saying i feel like i'm gonna listen back and be like man i just put a bunch of big words together and thought that people would think it was profound but anyway um no i'm really trying my best to not only carry this team but you know <laughs> um what am i talking about good lord this is a bad idea <laughs> Um, what am I talking about? Games being delayed. Yes. Um, I just think that it took a long time, but I think there was a period of time where people were not that familiar with the companies that made games and probably the average gamer did not know what EA was from Ubisoft, you know? And I think with these new independent media, uh, reviewing and stuff, I think, a lot more consumers are aware of the oh, companies yeah. that make games. Than well, because people get before. a review almost instantaneous now. A lot of games come out in certain areas earlier than they do in the U.S. or vice versa. So people rely on these uh, these independent medias, such as ourselves, in order to find out, you know, is this game worth a shit? Is it worth buying? And uh, I think you're going to, you know, it does affect the business. It really does. And these gaming companies understand that, man. They want to have good reviews from people like us. But at the same time, you know, some of them I don't think care and they're going to learn that lesson really quick. There's still some that are fighting against it, like fighting the machine, you know what I'm saying? But 
You know, it's uh, yeah. I think I think what has happened is back in the day when it was only big news sites like IGN or um, you know stuff like IGN. Um, with them not being independent news sites, you couldn't say things like, "Oh, I wonder if this is going to be another shitty game from EA." You get what I'm saying? You yeah. can't do that if you're IGN because otherwise, guess what? EA is not going to ever want to work with you again. <laughs> um, EA is not going to ever want to go to any of your allow any of your reporters to go to their pref- press conferences again. You know, um, but with very harsh, <laughs> albeit very negative, uh, independent news sources, they mm-hmm. will say things like, "Man, I hated the last five Ubisoft games. Maybe they'll finally change my opinion of their company." That new yeah. opinion is just something that has only risen since the rise of independent media on the internet, you know, and that type of angle is something that, you know, a single game can really hurt your reputation because something like fallout 76 is reaction that hurt people so much was not just to fallout 76. It was to several times that Bethesda seemed to be just cash grabbing in a row. Boom. Then, climaxing up to fallout 76 you get what i'm saying yeah and i feel like news sources like ign just never had the balls to say things like that and that is what's showing that people cannot just keep acting like they've never done it wrong and because of that they have to treat every game like it is you know do or die like it is this game totally sets people's opinion of future games and every game is like that and that opinion is not very common a couple of years ago (laughs) but i think 2019 maybe even 2018 hit companies so hard um with backlash (laughs) that i think we're finally seeing uh people take responsibility and square enix seems to be taking a lot of responsibility in the sense that they do not want to put out a game that people will forget about and will be in the bargain bin within a year because they decided to just cash out of their investment rather than take a little bit more investment into it to make a game that will double in profits because of replayability. You get what I'm saying? It's one of those things where it's a big risk, but I, I think we're done with companies that have a game 90% done just throwing it out there and hoping that it makes the money back that they spent on it. I think companies are a little bit more willing to put the game over budget to make sure that the rest of their catalog doesn't also suffer. If that makes sense. Maybe I'm fine. I agree. I agree. I mean, they're (laughs) learning the bottom line is they're learning the lesson and the lesson was that don't do what we've done over at, you know, these like EA and whatnot. You know, you want to make a good game, yes, but you also want to make something that is going to, you know, age well, that people are going to continue to play so you can constantly make money off of it. And if it's going to be a series, well, then that's what you got to do. Right. Definitely. And that's really all I'm going to say about that, because I feel like I'm just being very repetitive with what I was saying (laughs) until I finally actually said what I was trying to say, despite, you know, being distracted. (laughs) Um. That's really, yeah, that's really all I'm going to say about that is just these delays are really big. Some of these games are, I mean, every one of these games is probably a contender for game of the year. Um, Maybe not the Avengers game because people are not used to good games being attached to IP like that. But 
maybe a square will prove him wrong because um, Rocksteady did it with the uh, Dark Knight games, uh, whatever they're called, Arkham Asylum games. Yep. Uh, maybe Square will once again do that same thing that Rocksteady did and blow people's minds with a very good Avengers game. Uh, hope, that would hoping be cool. they do because oh, there's, not many, <laughs> there's not many um, superhero titles into video games that are that well received, you know. Exactly. So we'll see when that comes out. That's I mean, that's crazy because we've been talking about c- cyberpunk and we talked about Avengers a long ass time ago. And guess what the delay means? It means we're gonna talk about them that much more. <laughs> and uh that means we're gonna be talking about cyberpunk for another half a year, Mike. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um we won. Oh, look at it. We won. Shit. Anyway. Um, and I got play of the game, I bet. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Did you? Look at you. <laughs> so anyway, something that I wanted to finish up with real quick, if that's okay, is uh, there's a company called Sock Pop. Um, they're an indie collective company. Um, they uh, uh, basically, they do these uh, cool little video games. Um in spurts, you can actually follow uh, them for $3 a month. You can subscribe and you get two games every month. Uh, they're just cheap little $3 games that they come out with. Uh, it's called Sock Pop, S-O-K-P-O-P. Um, you should really check them out. Some of these games look really cool. They they look like um, uh, the unnamed goose game or whatever it is. They uh, are untitled goose game. They kind of look like those kind of <laughs> graphics, um, but they're they're really kind of cool. They have uh, they have um, like a deer hunter game where you survive in the desert. They have a uh, bounty hunter game. Um, they have uh, Unices where it's a pirate RTS. Um, they have an online multiplayer robot building game. There's just tons of games. Well, anyway, they're releasing 48 games in one day on Steam. And uh, yeah, so good for these guys, man. Uh, looks like it's just four guys that do this stuff together and a uh, bunch of young kids that are kind of making something out of themselves. So yeah, check it out. It's sock pop S O K P O P indie collective series. Uh, there's 48 games that they released on steam. There's a whole bunch of cool bundles you can get. If you buy everything in one gigantic bundle, it's 40% off. So yeah, check it out. They have different seasons. You can get also those are 25% off. And, or you could just, like I said, buy the games individually for $3 a piece. So check it out, man. Sweet. Sounds really good. I said, check it out. Uh, last thing. Okay, <laughs> cool. I'm sorry. Um, last thing in news that I have, and I guess our last piece of news for the episode is really exciting, really fun news. If you have not already heard of Super Mario World, which is going to be a theme park in japan Uh, that is opening this spring and the whole concept of it seems really cool um what i'm more excited about is we are going to be getting okay this is planned so i guess if it bombs in japan we may not get it but if it's successful in japan they are already planning in 2023 to put a super mario world in la and in universal studios orlando so uh, 2023, we might be able to go to the Mushroom Kingdom, and that's going to be really cool. 
That would be cool, uh, if man. If you can go look up videos on this, it's not very, um, it's not really literal, the video that they've released on this, because uh, it's not really how it's going to end up looking. It's like very animated. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the whole concept seems really cool. They've also announced that they're including a way of receiving achievements within the park. So you'll have a wristband that tracks your movement and tracks like what you do at certain areas and you can receive achievements for doing things at the park. So that's pretty cool. Um, the that joke very cool. that oh, is wow. the joke that's going with the achievement thing is that Nintendo doesn't have achievements on the switch yet, but they're going to have them at a theme park. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, take that for what it is, but, um, Maybe they'll finally get achievements on the Switch. Very cool. Very cool. <laughs> but this this seems like a really cool idea. I mean, I've already been thinking about going to Universal Orlando. I've never been. Um, but now I know I need to also go in 2023. So there you go. <laughs> this just seems like a really cool idea. I don't know. I mean, if I was capable of going to Japan when it opens in Japan, I would really be down to go there. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. It really does sound cool. I, I love Japan. I've been there before. Um, great country, great people. Absolutely love it there, man. It's one of the best times of my life I had there. Oh, man, I got killed. <laughs> damn. Um, damn, this is one weird-ass episode. Yeah, it's it going to sound crazy because when I'm editing all the dead space out, it's <laughs> your, people are going to be wondering why we're like pausing. I don't think there's as much dead space as we think there is. I think there's quite a bit. <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, um, quick episode. We just really had news this week. Um, I think we were looking at some more guests to have on soon. And uh, what do we have in store? Anything on deck? Uh. No, not really. Um, I'm going to be playing <laughs> a little more Paladins. I'm going to be getting into that. Uh, yeah. Don't really uh, have... There really isn't too many more new games that have caught my eye. I was thinking about playing the Untitled Goose game uh, because I've heard a lot of really good things about it from people that I would never thought have played a game like that. But uh, yeah, so I'm thinking about checking that out. Seeing what's yeah. up with that. Yeah, it's a really cool game. Um I would definitely play it when you have some time on your hands because it's not like a fast paced game. It's more of kind of a relaxing and discovering adventure game kind of because it's it is a puzzle game, but it really feels more like a adventure game in the sense that it's got this world that you just kind of have to figure out how a goose would handle the situation. Yeah, well, I, I might have to give it a try. Cool beans. Um, we will be back next week with another brand new episode. Where we won't um, be playing a game. For, <laughs> won't be playing a game. We, uh, unless is, you liked it. Unless you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think Josiah if says like they it, no. enjoy it. No. Yeah. Even if you enjoy it, I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> this is just nerve wracking. The fact that I am having, this is a multitask that I didn't expect to ever have to do. And uh, <laughs> it's one thing to be just having conversation while you're playing. It's another to have to be, reading notes and hoping that you cover all of your points that you want to get to. 
I wish we uh, had the gameplay in the background while we were talking. That would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> it the funny be. part is it would be obvious because you'd be like, man, they're playing a lot better than they're talking. <laughs> because I definitely have been having a lot better games than I've been having a podcast. <laughs> but um, thank you for bearing through this um, social experiment. We'll call it that. Isn't that what the kiddos call it? Yeah. yeah, sure. The kids are calling it social experiments nowadays. Yeah. I have a uh, transcendence. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, I think we're going to call it an episode. And thank you for joining us. Um, we'll be back next week. Uh, same uh, to class time. Same to class channel. Always remember to keep it real. Wrap it up. It's better to play with a group than with yourself. <laughs> what is it? Stay thirsty, but don't act thirsty. That's it. Oh, look at you. (laughs) You're dead. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Good job. That's an episode. Was that an episode? Cool, we're both dead. We can podcast again.